You just pray with me. Holy Spirit, we invite you in this place. You're in our midst. You're here. We thank you, God, that when you interact with us, there is something mysterious that takes place. The God of all things, the God of creation comes and cares for us. We recognize your goodness in the things that you've done, in the things that you've created. Jesus, we recognize your gloriousness in the sacrifice of your own life. Holy Spirit, we recognize your power in this place to change our lives, that we can be more like you. And so, Father, that's what I want to pray this morning, is that we would leave this place changed, more like you. In Jesus' name, amen. Good morning. There's a, uh, there's a new couple in the house. Yeah. For the first time, I would like to introduce <laughs> uh, Mr. and Mrs. James Patterson, right here. Amy and Jimmy, they, they, got, they did a little thing. They got married, so yeah, a little selfie. <laughs> we did get a selfie. That was good. And so it was good stuff. Um, and so, yeah, congratulations, guys. And um, I need to sign the marriage certificate. Okay, good. Uh, <laughs> thought about that. Um, you guys are still married. Don't worry. Um, just need to sign that certificate. Okay, and so I'd like to welcome everybody, though, and if you're joining us online, welcome to you all uh, as well. If you need prayer, we're going to have a ministry time later. Uh, we're gonna, that's going to look a little bit different today, uh, and so nothing crazy, but um, we encourage you to give here at Lakeland Vineyard. Uh, you can do that online or in the room, lakelandvineyard.org forward slash give. Uh, there's a little church back there, too, if you prefer to give in, to give in the room uh, this morning. Uh, one of the things we love for people to do is fill out Connect cards and so that um, we can get to know you, so that we can see what's going on, not see what's going on, pray with you about the things that are going on uh, in your life. We're not just nosy people. And, um, and so what we'll do in the next two minutes, you can go to lakelandvineyard.org forward slash connect, fill out that card, say what's up to somebody in the room. Um, and we'll be right back here in two minutes.
All right, if you would, stand with me. Been uh, praying this scripture throughout this series as we go through the book of John, and we're just going to continue to do that. And so if you would, um, in Philippians chapter 3, verses 10 and 11, uh, it says these words, and let's pray this together. I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. I want to suffer with him, sharing in his death, so that one way or another, I will experience the resurrection from the dead. Amen. You can be seated. And so, here's what I would, I would love to do today. Uh, if you're sitting with friends, pay attention. Uh, and... Uh, <laughs> I just remember being a teenager sitting with my friends, and then the next Sunday I didn't, and because uh, my parents were like, get up here, okay? And uh, I was like, what I do? I knew exactly what I did. Um, but I, I do, I really want to like, I wanna, really want to hone in today on a couple things, and I, ho- I hope that we're going to take away a couple things today um, that are going to then uh, impact the way that we interact with people around us and the things that um, we would do. John 10, 22 through 42 says this, it was now winter and Jesus was in Jerusalem at the time of Hanukkah, the festival of dedication. He was in the temple walking through the section known as Solomon's Colonnade. The people surrounded him and asked, how long are you going to keep us in suspense? If you are the Messiah, tell us plainly. And Jesus replied, I have already told you and you don't believe me. The proof is the work I do in the Father's name. But you don't believe me because you are not my sheep. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they never perish. No one can snatch them away from me. For my Father has given them to me and he is more powerful than anyone else. No one can snatch them from the Father's hand. The Father and I are one. And once again, the people picked up stones to kill him. And Jesus said, "My Father, at my Father's direction, I have done many good works. For which one are you going to stone me? And they replied, we're stoning you not for any good work, but for blasphemy. You, a mere man, Claim to be God. They replied, uh, no, they didn't reply. Jesus replied, it is written in your own scriptures that God said to certain leaders of the people, I say, you are gods. And you know the scriptures cannot be altered. So if those people who received God's messages were called gods, why do you call it blasphemy when I say I am the son of God? After all, the Father set me apart and and sent me into the world. Don't believe me unless I carry out my Father's work. But if I do his work, believe the evidence of the miraculous works I have done. Even if you don't believe me, then you will know and understand that the Father is in me and I am in the Father. Once again, they tried to arrest him, but he got away and left them. He went Uh, beyond the Jordan River near the place where John was first baptizing and stayed there for a while. And many followed him. 
John didn't perform miraculous signs, they remarked to one another, but everything he said about this man has come true. And many who were there believed in Jesus. So I have three takeaways today. And the first takeaway is is this. Hearing God is friendly conversation. Hearing God is friendly conversation. And what do I say and why do I say that? It's because I believe this to be true about God. Is that when we are conversing with God, meaning that we are praying and he is speaking, that we will hear the things that he desires for us to do. And so it says in Luke 17, 21, Jesus says this, you won't be able to say here it is or over there or it's over there talking about the kingdom of God for the kingdom of God is already among you. And in, in this, it says, it talks about conversation. In, in 2 Chronicles 7, 14, it says this. And I think this is so important and has been important for millennia, but is important as human beings that we take this in. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sins and restore their lands. Hearing God is friendly conversation. If we were to track through the entirety of the Bible, what we would see is people who walk with God and they talk with God and they are in relationship with God. I mean, Jesus himself calls people friend. And so they're in a relationship. Again, we've talked about Thor God before, that we have this imagination. He's there with a hammer. He's ready to pounce on us. He's ready to discipline us. Here's what I'd say to that is lose that image of God. God is a God who has come incarnate in Jesus, who has walked into places that we have walked, who has been tempted by sin, but tempted but without sin. And then I look at people like, you look through the scriptures, Moses, Aaron, Ruth, Isaac. I mean, just go through the entirety. Start from the beginning. Go through. What was the relationship like? When God comes in Genesis 3 and says, where are you? To Adam and Eve. I mean, he knew where they were. Newsflash. I don't think it was, where are you? You know? Mortal Kombat style. Get over here. All right? It wasn't like that. God is a God of relationship. And so what I would ask this morning are some questions. Are you in relationship with God? Is God just something that is out in the ether that, yeah, I think he made all of this stuff? Are you in a relationship with God. Do you know Jesus as your savior? Not Jesus as some smart guy. Not Jesus as man, he had some good sayings. Not Jesus as what a role model. I mean Jesus as king and king of your life. And then more importantly, are you then walking with him? 
I mean, I look at the disciples. They, they literally walked with him. They learned from him. And, and what we have is this thing called the Bible, the Word of God, and what we can do is we can learn from that. And it is beautiful to see people that don't know anything about the Bible start to read the Bible and they start to just consume the Bible. And something is happening in their lives because they're walking with and in relationship to God. So are you walking with him? Let me ask you this. Are you walking in front of him or are you walking beside him? Are you trying to lead Jesus or are you allowing him to lead you? And then finally, the question is this, are you serving him? Or is Jesus a servant to you? And that's a big question because I'm guilty of this, you're probably guilty of this. Um, vending machine, God. I need you now, God. A3, God, that's what I want. And I wonder if we're surrendered to him, if we would say anything that you have for me, I will take it. I don't care what it is. Anything you have for me, I will take it. God, if it's suffering, if, it's, if, you're, if you're navigating this and I'm to go through this, then, then God, I am here. I don't understand it, and I won't pretend to understand it, but God, I know that you are with me because I am in relationship with you. I am walking beside you. I'm following you in your direction, and I'm serving you with my whole heart, and I know that you are in control, and what I would encourage you with this is continue to have the conversations with God even when you feel like you cannot hear from him or you're asking the question, are you hearing me, God? Because in those moments called, it's been tagged as the dark night of the soul, here's what I would say to you is this, that God is hearing you and he is forming you into something, and he's molding you into something greater than what you were. He's not a God who strings you along. He's a God who cares compassionately for you and wants to shape your character into that character that is reflective of Jesus Christ. So hearing God is a friendly conversation, and I wonder if we're having a conversation or if we're having a monologue. Us to him. Do we ever pause? Have you ever thought, I have talked a lot. I need to be quiet. And people ask, you know, well, what does it sound like when God speaks Revealed in different ways. And we could probably go around the room and say, what does it sound like? That's a, you know, I, I don't know. I was at, I don't know. I was at Walmart and I just felt like I should pray for this lady. And okay, I believe that's God speaking to you. Did God come over the intercom and say, on aisle 12, there's a lady that needs prayer? Maybe. Does that happen to anybody? I don't think. Anybody? 
in here? You would be jumping out of your skin along with most of us, right? Uh, you know, it's simple things. Observing. Wow, God, are you in this? What are you doing now? Oh, this lady can't breathe right now. Maybe I should pray for her. Being in tune, it doesn't, it's not this weird thing. It's being in relationship. Now, it's not about reading God's mind either, but if you've been in relationship with people, you can kind of tell uh, maybe where they're going or what they're trying to uh, get from you because you know this relationship and you spent time. Now, Jen and I are going on 20 years uh, in July, and she still asks me, why can't you just read my mind? <laughs> and to which I reply, I have tried, but I have failed. It's not mind reading. Here's what I would encourage you. What is the character of Christ? If I want to be more like Jesus and I want to be in a relationship with Jesus, then I probably should know about Jesus. And so what does that mean? Well, I need to, to start reading the Bible not as an obligatory thing. It's the thing that I want to do because I want to know the character of Christ because I want to reflect that. I want to try to be like Jesus. I want to be in relationship with Christ. Let me encourage you this morning. If you're like, I am trying, but I kind of, I almost fail like every day. How many of you guys would say you fail at being like Jesus every day? You can go ahead and raise your hand if you want. Good, okay. Good, okay. Pressure's off. Oh, really? Yeah, really. Like all of us in the room. But we try. Now, here's what I would encourage you to Well, I, I failed. He is gracious and merciful enough to forgive you that you could carry on. He loves you so much. Carry on. There's new mercy that comes every morning. Takeaway number two. You will be known by the way you live. We reflect on that passage where Jesus says, listen, you don't have to believe me. Just look what I'm doing in the Father's name. You might not believe me, but would you look at what I'm doing? And I'm doing this in the Father's name. Matthew 7, 15 through 20, Jesus says this, beware of false prophets who come disguised as harmless sheep but are really vicious wolves. You can identify them by their fruit. That is, by the way they act. Can you pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? A good tree produces good fruit and good, and a bad tree produces bad fruit. A good tree can't produce bad fruit and a bad tree can't produce good fruit. So every tree that does not produce fruit is chopped down and thrown into the fire. Yes, just as you can identify a tree by its fruit, so you can identify people by their actions. What does that mean, that our actions are kind of a big deal? And that goes back to that thing where, oh, man, I, I, I messed up, man. Like, I wasn't like, that wasn't like Christ. How many of you guys have done that? And then immediately afterwards, you're like, that was stupid. And you're like, I don't, I don't want to be like that. 
I want to be known, not just known either. Can I say this? I want to be known in my home as someone who serves Jesus, not just up here when those two lights are on me. Do I nail it all the time? No, absolutely no. But I want to be a bearer of good fruit. I want to be someone who is a representation of Christ. In 2 Peter, or 1 Peter 2, uh, 11 and 12, it says this, Dear friends, I warn you as temporary residents and foreigners to keep away from worldly desires that wage war against your very souls. Be careful to live properly among your unbelieving neighbors. Then, um, even if they accuse you of doing wrong, they will see your honorable behavior and they will give honor to God when he judges the world. I, I just want to read that, verse 12 again. Be careful to live properly among your unbelieving neighbors. And I know, like, I wish this would have hit me as a teenager. Be careful to live properly because, man, how much do we just try to chameleon when we're teenagers? And really, as adults, how much do we try to chameleon to? Try to fit the mold so people will like us, but it says, be careful how you live. Be careful to live properly among your unbelieving neighbors. Then, even if they accuse you of doing wrong, they will see your honorable behavior and they will give honor to God when he judges the world. They will give honor to God because of the way that you behaved. This isn't a thing of guilt and weight on you because here's what I, I've just been discovering is this more and more is, no, like Jesus is the fount of life. When we're found in Christ, life flows from us as a result of being in a relationship with him. Though we might not do it perfectly, we are in pursuit of a relationship with him. We are saying, Jesus, we want to be more like you. The actions that I do, the things that I say, let them be more like you. And when I mess up, let me recognize that. Let me repent of that because there are people in eternity that matters here. So how are you living? What are the things that you're dependent on outside of Jesus? What are the things that you need to say, man, I need to lay this before the cross And I would say this, we need to contemplate those things. We need to hold those things before God and say, God, this is it. He already knows you. And we can be real in front of him. We can be ugly in front of him. And he still loves you the same. So what are those things what are the behaviors that we're doing? Takeaway number three, and we talked about this last week, and I just want to say that I'm probably going to mention this, I don't know, a thousand times. Just be warned. 
is this. Be known by someone and know someone. I got to have lunch with a friend uh, this week, and when we met up, um, we were just talking about church. Like, you know, what is church? What is church all about? What, are, what is Sunday all about, right? And, you know, it, it just led to some really good conversation. And uh, talking about this, it's like, you know, let's, let's, let's look at the dynamic of the room here real quick. Okay, the dynamic of the room is that Josh or April or Ellie or whoever's up here is up here, okay? Doing a great job. Steve's over there on the drums. Sounding great, right? And then, so we're looking up here and then we're looking at a screen and then we sit down and we look at the back of somebody's head, right? Um... This is a good thing. This is a unique thing, okay? Not the back of somebody's head, okay? But this is a unique chance for us to come together and worship together. But as we were talking, you know, if it stops here and we don't know somebody and we're not known by somebody, we're not really doing church, because church is relational. Now, this is not my charge to say, now know everybody. If this summer you don't have lunch or dinner with everybody, then you're not doing church. No, I'm not saying that at all. Because we talk about bandwidth, you don't have that bandwidth. You can't be best friends with 50 people. I don't care how outgoing you are. It can't happen. You won't do it well. But someone can know you, and you can know somebody. So that when we're walking through and we, we say, man, I am just like super like dependent on this, and I'm putting it before Jesus, and, and I'm not trying to process thing, this thing on my own. Like I want to process with, with somebody. And so in my life, I have a couple, few people that I do that with. And so what I would encourage you this morning as, as we are Lakeland Vineyard is this, that, that we would know somebody and that we'd be known by somebody. And I, as I was thinking about this message, I just got to think, I'm like, okay. And I was talking with another friend on, on Friday morning, you know, about this, this, these horrible tragedies that are happening, and it, it seems to be more regular. I mean, the first one that shocked us all um, for, for my age group, I guess, would be, you know, I remember, I remember Timothy McVeigh in Oklahoma, right? And then I definitely remember, like, Columbine, um, Sandy Hook, um, and I'm thinking, God, what is going on? And I, I think not only of those families, 
of 19 children of the 10 people in Buffalo, you know, in, in, in a New York subway. What is going on in the world? And Josh said, I mean, it's, it's evil. And I wonder, I just wonder, I mean, what if these people were known by somebody. And known by somebody who not just knew who Jesus was as a historical figure, but they were known by somebody who knew Jesus as king. I'm not saying that all of this would have prevented. I just, I pondered that question this week. And who are we interacting with? Who are the people in Walmart that cut in front of you that you're like, hey, dirtbag? Okay? Who is that? You know, like, is it that big of a deal? They cut you off in traffic. You know, you give them the, your number one sign. I mean, are you doing that in the name of the Lord? These are people. So be known by someone. And then how are you going to be known? What's the deepest part of you that needs to be handed over to Jesus? You know, I just believe this with all that I am, and you could say, Andy, you're, you're a little cliche when you say that, but I'm which I'm comfortable with. I don't, that's fine. We could explore that. But I do believe this. If, we, if we're being changed by Jesus and our lives impact another person's life, like, we literally change the world. It's not, a, it's not a figurative little change. It's a you literally change the world. When someone comes into a relationship with Jesus Christ, it's not their world that is changed solely. It is the world that is changed. See, we're part of a huge, gigantic restoration project. And we get to be a part of it. We get to be fellow restorers. Josh talked about, listen, th this isn't supposed to be part of what's going on. And we get to be a part of that. And of course, and I'm, I'll just say this, of course, you know, the first thing that people do, let's make it political, left or right, center, let's make it political. No. I'm so tired of that. Here's what we need to come to an understanding, that there is depravity of man, and there is a thing called sin in the world. And because of this, and because that we have told God that we can do it on our own, and, and 
Unlike the scripture, what we've said is, or some people have said is, I am not calling on your name. I am proudful. I will turn away from your face. And here's what God says. Okay, but I still gave you Jesus. And I wonder if in our own lives, we would humble ourselves and pray and seek God's face, that we would turn from the wicked things in us, that we could be more like Christ, that we could see people come to Jesus. And Andy, you might be, oh, you're so simple. There's, there's Congress and state legislators and all this for a reason. Here, <laughs> Jesus is the center of life. If we want to see people's life change, if we want to see a nation change, let, it, let a nation turn to Jesus. I just believe that. I'm just, I'm crazy enough to believe that your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven cannot help but change entire systems. Because when life flows from the giver of life and goodness and mercy and grace flow and we are his agents in the world and we're saying yes to what he's doing, there is going to be change take place. And what I would say to you this morning, what I would say to myself is do not be discouraged. Do not be discouraged by what you see going on around you. Be encouraged to do the work of the kingdom of God. Do the things that God has called you to. Teenagers, when you go to school, you do the things that God has called you to do. And you stay away from the things that are wicked. That's what it is. When you're at work, adults, here's what you do. You do the things that God has called you to do. And you are changing and impacting people's lives that you might not ever know about until decades later. Stay in the good fight. And here's what I want to, you're not fighting and battling against flesh and blood. Stop making people the enemy, okay? If you were a, if you're left wing, it was Trump. If you're right wing, it's Biden. Stop. Can we not follow Jesus? Can we not see the image of God in people? <coughs> Can we not see that our hope is not in a political system, but in the power of the kingdom of God? <coughs> I'm dying. Thank you. Make sure it's sealed. My own son trying to take me out. Hmm? No, I'm just kidding. I wanted to spit it out, but I was like, I don't want to clean that up. Um, okay, so what we're going to do is this, and this is what I want to do that's a little bit different as we end here, is this. Um, 
you know, if you're sitting there and you're thinking, okay, yeah, I, want, I, want, I do want my actions to reflect Jesus. I do want to be in a relationship, in a conversational relationship with God. I, I do, I like desire this stuff, right? And um, I want to be known by somebody. I want, my, I want my life to be a reflection of Jesus. Um, and maybe you're sitting there and you're like, oh, I just don't have that person like, to know. Or here's what I just want to do. We're going to release you guys as the ministry team today. Super easy. Um, encouragement here. Your prayer does not have to be eloquent. Uh, matter of fact, I would just encourage you that you take the eloquence of your prayer and you bring it down a notch. Okay? And we're going to make it super easy. The person that's generally closest to you right now, I just want you to pray for that person and that person to pray for you. Oh, I don't know how to pray. Okay, here's what I would say to you and encourage you. Uh, God is not looking for you to have scholarship in your prayer. He's looking for you to have sincerity. And so here's what I would love for you to pray for one another. And this is how we're going to close and then we're out. Is this. Um, God, would you empower this person by by the power of the Holy Spirit to do the works of the kingdom where they are. And whatever that prayer looks like, okay, and sounds like, um, the couple things I would say. So you're praying uh, to God (laughs) in the name of Jesus, right, and through the power of the Holy Spirit. That's what we believe, right? And so that's how we come. We come to God through Jesus, right? And here's what the coolest part is. Like the, the Holy Spirit empowers us to do the works that he's called us to do. It's not, I'm doing these things. No, I'm being obedient to Jesus, and the Holy Spirit is empowering me to do these things. And so that's what we're going to do now. If you're sitting, like, kind of by yourself, um, you, Jason, we, like, right here, I'm sorry. I don't, what is your name? I'm sorry. Yes. Maxine. Beautiful name. Uh, Wow. That's awesome. That's my grandmother's name, so... Yeah, that's cool. I was born in Kentucky. Yeah. Lexington. Yeah. Okay. That's cool. Mm Mm-hmm. Amen. Hmm. Amen.
Jason, if you would pray with Maxine, that'd be awesome. Uh, I think everybody else is relatively close to somebody, and so let's make sure no one's left out. That's how we're going to end today. Again, not scholarship, sincerity. Um, I want you guys, as we leave here today, remember we're going out as people of the kingdom. We're following Jesus and what he's desiring, and so um, cool. So let's go do it. All right? Peace.